Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. And we are Two Teachers Talking. This is a podcast where Tony and I get together and we talk about what we're doing in the classroom, how we feel about what we're doing, explore ideas, some theories sometimes, and just really generally talk about what it's like to be teaching in a Japanese university, teaching English and some other topics. And this is episode 70, which means we've been doing this for a little while now. And today we're talking about what it's like to go back to the beginning to start from zero and this is kind of because of Tony you're got a new class assignment starting from April right the beginning of the Japanese fiscal year and before I do that that reminds me that I should say to everybody yeah 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 happy new year to everybody Talk about starting from zero Starting from zero, <laughs> yes. Well, you can tell what I was doing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, I was celebrating a little bit too much, perhaps, and、mm. uh, forgetting that that's what I'm supposed to say at the beginning of the year. So, Happy New Year to all our listeners. Yeah, big Happy New Year. Right. And、uh, here we are. And、uh, hopes for a better one. <laughs> always hoping for a better one. Right. May this year be better than the last. Something like that, right? Well, let's hope. Okay. So, I. What happened, Tony, is you said that you were offered、uh, a new class to、right. teach from April. Right. Which is usually. A, that. Yeah, yeah, which is usually good news, right? Because, yeah,、um, as, we, as I'm very fond of saying, no one ever pays you for being a better teacher, they only pay you to teach more. And <laughs> so you get another uh, course, uh, another class、uh, thrown on your plate, it's usually a good thing. And、uh, it's a. Reading writing class, which I already struggle with. I, I've got a few of those.、Uh, it's a one, one semester class. So it, it, it runs the whole year, but there's two different sets of students. So you have one semester, and it's reading and writing.、Um, kind of a, maybe an average public university. But the class that、uh, has been given to me、uh, right now, I'm teaching mostly their. Not their advanced students, but you know, kind of above average for that for that university.、Um, but the class that I've been given is the lowest tracked group of incoming freshmen. And so I'll be teaching them reading and writing from April. And I don't have a clue. <laughs> and so. Tell me what to do, Charles. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, right, right. Thanks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, thank you for putting that on me. But let's go back a little bit. So, different schools have different levels of students. So, even a lower track group at a high level university is going to be different than a high level group at, let's say, a medium university. Correct. There's that. Yeah. So, you're starting from zero. Yep. Why don't you describe the class? Tell us what the goals, objectives, expectations are, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you can pretty much fill in your own blanks there.、Uh, you're really on your own.、Uh, there aren't really any goals, objectives pres- prescribed by the university.、Um, basically, go in there and do something and make sure the students don't complain, is the directive. <laughs> It's the prime directive. <laughs> so,、uh, yeah, the, the, only, the only thing is that, that they prefer I use a textbook and that it costs less than 2,000 yen, which,、okay. I think I, which I think I can pretty much ignore. Because? Well, just because 
I think I can, and I will. That's so, so I, because I, because there aren't any, there are very few good textbooks out there for less than two thousand yen. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know. But that's but but that's the whole problem. I don't know. I don't know anything. Okay. Um, I really, I really look, for example, for writing. Just conjecture. Am I going to be teaching the alphabet? Very possibly. Okay. So, um, and th again, starting the, the whole problem with starting from zero, because if you, my, my opinion, uh, if, as you just asked me the, these questions, it's like, I don't know. And I don't know. And I don't know. Um, begins with basically needs assessment. I think any, any class that I teach, you know, I go in there and I, that's what I do on the first day. Problem is I've got to make plans before the first day, but, um, you really so need to is... see. You need I'm to sorry. see the class. You need to see the class. You need to interact with them and think, and then assess what their level is, what their interests are, and you know realistically what's what's possible uh, for these. And then then you can kind of set up your objectives for the class. But I, I don't know how to do that at this point because I. You know, if it was the same level class that I, uh, that I was teaching in, in previous years, well, I kind of got a sense of where they're at and what the kids at this university, what their interests are, what the class is going to be like. I don't have that with this group. So I'm kind of at a loss. Okay. So what this goes back to what we talked about writing your syllabus, right? Right. Um, that you have to, you're going to have to write a general enough syllabus that it works, but you still don't know exactly what you're going to do with the class. Okay. Right. So... Let's let's back it up a bit. You, it's at a school you've taught at, right? So you have some experience teaching, right? Have you have you and you've taught you haven't taught that specific class yet at the school? I was teaching this class, but to a very different kind of student, a much okay. much higher level than these. So it's a it's a it's a it's a it's starting. It really is starting from zero. Are these English majors or no? You, have you been teaching English majors before? One one of the classes that I teach there uh, are literature majors. Yes. Okay, and so this is more just a general ed class for yeah. people. Okay, and so we're flying blind in a way. Very blind. So we've got some we've got some navigation tools here, <laughs> which we're going to have to figure out. So, um, you're you've got your first day figured out. Sure. Yeah, because I need I I use that first day to like figure out where the kids are, what their abilities are, and also what their interests might be, and 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 their, you know their needs. As I go, uh, some that does vary from class to class. Some are very keen on academic writing and reading. Um, I've been very surprised with some classes that are much more interested in uh, creative writing. And really? uh, I've done, yeah, and I've, I've I've done that kind of thing too, where the kids have written their own stories, and um, you know, based on their needs and what their interests are, I, I go all over the place. I'm having kids this semester; they're doing research papers. In the past, they've done you know group projects, magazines, and e-zines, and all different kinds of things. So, um, I decide that after the first class. Okay, so then specifically, when you say that you don't know what to do, what do you really mean? Well, um, textbook, no textbook. And if I'm going to get a textbook, is it a reading textbook? Is it a writing textbook? Uh, okay. And what? But this is a reading writing class. It's a reading writing class. And if I do, what level? And do I want to 
marry the class to a textbook or do I want to choose a textbook that I can just pick, you know, use as, as needed? Um, those are the kinds. Of, and of course, then the, the, but the biggest question I got is, is really is level. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that feeling. The only thing we've talked about this before is it's far too easy to shoot too high. Right. I and, think it's always safer, don't you think, to underestimate the level or the ability of students blind? Yeah, but I don't know. Again, with this, you don't being know how the lowest, saying. the low. This is the low. Their lowest group. I don't know how low that can really be. That's what you meant by saying: Is it really going to go back to basically? Teaching? Is, is it going to be the alphabet? Right? Am I going to teach the alphabet? That would be pretty unusual, though, don't you think? I don't know. <laughs> is that what's called a, a pregnant? Is that there, a pregnant pause? There's a whole. There's a whole lot of I don't know in this, Charles. There's a whole lot of I don't know. Okay, um, what's the, and the other level part you've and, taught before? And the other part, and the other part of this is um, to the uh, the the brilliant professor that I'm that I'm married to um, is that my guess is that the kids who are in this group um, are not only going to be uh, you know have a fairly low English language level, but the other part of it is that they're going to also be lacking in basic academic skills. And uh, uh, Allison's big, one of her one of her big things is you know what's something that she calls preloading, um, and she spends a lot of time with this with with her classes and with her staff, you know, her, her English teachers at her university, um, teaching the students you know basic study skills um you know <laughs> stay i you know whatever how to hold a pencil i mean i don't know how basic it can get um but it can be pretty basic <laughs> yes yes yeah i mean ex you know I'm, I'm only half joking with holding the pencil because students show up to class without pencils and paper uh let alone a textbook um uh, so yeah i've ta i've taught there too and uh yeah, it's been a while since I've done it. You asked me what was the lowest level of class. I've I've taught this level before. Um, at this school, though? Not at this school. No, what I meant was what's uh, the lowest level of student you've taught at this school? Uh, right what, in the, right where in, were they? Right in the middle. I've taught right in the middle. Okay. Were they able to write paragraphs? Mm, about half were able to write something resembling a paragraph. Okay. And what about sentences? Uh, that class, that class, about a quarter of them had trouble with sentences, but I mean, you could understand what they were trying to say, but they were not real sentences. So hmm. about 20%, 25% were unable to consistently produce correct sentences. So how did you deal with that group within the class? Oh, well, that that wasn't that hard because you, you 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 work with you know v emphasizing simplicity. You work with basic paragraphs, you know, topic sentence, supporting sentences, and you know a lot of examples and writing in class and immediate feedback. Uh, uh, I use a um, call like classroom. Everyone's got a monitor on a desk, so we do a lot of things together. Um, readings that are very basic, I mean, appropriate for their level. They can actually 
most of them can actually read it and not translate it, which is a, which is my big thing with the reading. Mm-hmm. Um, making sure that the, the the readings themselves are easy enough so they can actually read it without having to translate it into the L one into their into their native language. Okay. Yeah. But um, finding that for this class uh, with the reading, I'm not I'm not that worried about so much because if. Well, number one, they're not going to be their reading speed is going to be such that they're not going to be able to read a lot, right? Uh, and it would not, and, and I can foresee, and it may happen that um, every night before this class, I will write something myself that they will then read off their monitors in class, and then maybe discuss. I mean, I, I have all kinds of ideas floating around, but. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I'm really kind of flying blind here. Mm. So a lot of vocabulary controlled activities. Yes. So you're probably going to want to use like the website Complete Lexical Tutor, I think, which has a Paul Nation's uh, vocabulary profile, which will let you put any text in and get an idea of what are other than the first 1,000 most frequent words. And we get into that whole discussion about vocabulary breakdown, right? Right. But... Um, the problem, right? I, I really, I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh at your problem because That's it's okay. my problem. It, uh, because <laughs> well, it's every we've all been problem. there, right? We, we've well, we've, the, been, yeah, right. we've done this thing, before, right? Right, but now you're doing it again. I and thought, what I, I was going to say, I never is thought that, I was going to be here again. <laughs> right, <laughs> and when that came up, to, that that kind of happened to me once, <laughs> where I thought, okay, I'm finally, um, I've worked somehow my way into you know more advanced schools and more advanced classes and then you get put back into something so they pull i'm gonna me, go back they pull gonna, me back again yeah wait, 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 is that scarface no that's not scarface what is that uh it's one of the is it one of the godfathers no it's the godfather or is it the, no it's not i think it's an al pacino movie though um but um that was always said in um the sopranos right uh-huh uh-huh okay uh-huh, yeah. so i'm thinking that trying to go back when the last time you and i actually worked together was in a similar situation where i had to create the whole curriculum mm-hmm. first year curriculum blind i mm-hmm. think and so always shoot low basic vocabulary because it's easier i think we both would agree right i think it's easier to modify stuff that's too easy than it is to simplify stuff that's too difficult. For sure, for sure. Right, so yeah. I would baseline and assume that students would come in with, let's say, 800-word uh, vocabulary. You know, See, they that, know that, that's my problem. I'm not sure that that might not be too high. Right, okay. I'm, I'm, so, I'm Okay, so then, um, okay, so, yeah. yeah, right. It's like, <laughs> how low can it go? Yeah, that's 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 my fear. Is there anybody is who's taught this group before who you can talk to? I need to I need to hunt some up. I need to hunt right, some right. up. Right, right. This is a recent thing, so I, I haven't done a lot of uh, okay uh, exploration. It just yet, came but that's up. what so, I really need to do. And there'll be second year students, first year students. Oh, it's first year students, mm-hmm. so there's absolutely no way to actually even Correct. test them. So all you could do is ask to observe or give a quick vocabulary test to, let's say, a first year group that's considered similar, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you're still ballparking because you right. have no idea what the incoming class is going to be like. Correct. So, ooh, yeah, yeah. So how would we, let's just, what do we usually do in this situation? We don't. <laughs> you usually say, no, thank you, I'm too busy. <laughs> well, see, among the things that I've got to, to struggle with, like, the level is one thing, right? So, okay, you know, ballpark it and try and pick a textbook 
or not, uh, is that going to be a reading textbook? Is it going to be a writing? Oh, definitely uh, reading textbook. Uh, but, you know, anyway, well, maybe. Well, I'm just um, tossing it out because yeah, experience. Yeah. And so what kinds of reading to, to give them, whether it's from the textbook or outside or if I'm writing it myself, um, what kind of writing, um, the balance itself of um, reading and writing, uh, 50-50, um, just give up on the writing? Have them like write, write basic sentences at the end of the class? I, um, and you know other you know other ideas, right? So, how much of this class am I going to be teaching in Japanese, Ooh. or 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 do I pre- pretend that I don't speak Japanese at all, and, and and ask the, <laughs> and ask them to help me, right? Go in there and say, I'm sorry, I don't speak Japanese. Um, so please, I beg your patience. Please help me. Okay, that's that's mm-hmm. a very effective strategy in Japan. Yes, they, yes, you yes, like, yes. Ask for somebody's help, right? Um, do I bombard them with worksheets and weekly tests and quizzes? Um, I'm thinking on a possibility short, for example, a short reading on the screen, and then give like a, you know again maybe discussion. Let them talk to each other about what it is, and then give them a short quiz, a little test on that. Um, will they be able to do free writing in class? You know, like writing journals. Will they be able to actually produce something and then share it with each other? Um, but none of this you will be able to know about until the first 10 minutes. That's my guess. So your question... Unless you that- can help me out, Charles. Tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, well, you're just setting me up for failure here. Um what I, you know I, I think this is one of those situations where you have to go back through your experience and say you know what's the lowest level I've ever taught mm-hmm. right uh-huh. and what's the highest level for any low level class I've ever taught and find that middle ground there so the question is how how big, much beginner level are they right but i was thinking when i was mentioning back before when we were talking about the program where we both work together um and the idea there remember was that the reading is the basis for all writing and that reading was primary and i think for if you have low level students they're going to have weak reading skills and i would think that that will benefit them far better and be more practical in their lives and in their academic lives than a emphasis on writing, don't you think? Makes sense. Right? Sure. And so I would tilt the class automatically um, past the equal point, you know, the 50-50 point. Right. I think, you're, you know, two-thirds reading, one-third writing, because um, there's also the belief of uh, that without the basic input, right, the receptive skills, that the output will be difficult. And then you get into, of course, all the theories about pushed output. But then you're able to use what they've learned in the reading and its vocabulary, right? They'll be exposed and they can even copy basic sentences, right? It's, um, yeah, I would start off with emphasizing the reading. I think, uh, um, yeah, I think you're right for like uh, a couple of reasons. And, and also just like jumping ahead, I mean, not you know not having met the students and so forth, but in terms of oh, 
going on a limb and anticipating their needs, these students probably in the future will, in terms of their use of English, will be pretty much at the receiving end. These, yes, that's These students I'm, were not right. going to be producing a lot of English, right. in a position where they're going to produce a lot of English, but in terms of being able to understand input, mm. uh, that's probably where their needs are lie I, i'm guessing yeah i would make that assumption also yeah. is that it's questionable one has to ask right but here's the great thing this is where this is one of those times where technology is just great and uh, i know we both use blogs as a tool for posting information for our students and getting assignments and information and communication to our students that just lets you adapt it really easily right and the other thing is uh, as long as your blog resizes appropriately, it's a responsive design, the technical word, right? Mm -hmm. That it can be used with smartphones. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to be able to adapt pretty well. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the key is I think that I would tell my students that you have your smartphone out all the time. Yeah. And so that you can keep finding things and adapting. Um, I would be using... Um, a lot of pop quizzes. I think a big emphasis on vocabulary. If they're low level, that's one of the things they really need. Uh, I would think that vocabulary work would be a real major focus. But it sounds to me, though, the school's giving you a lot of freedom. Yes, and that's really quite fortunate. I mean, I'm, right. I'm really kind of boxed in in terms of the, the one semester thing. That's, that's, that's killing me. Yeah, that's, that's, so that's, that's really a great, that's a big point. Is what can you do in fifteen weeks? And you got ninety minutes. You got fifteen weeks, and you've got it, and you've got reading and writing, right? And that's why I think again that there has to it has to be skewed towards reading, especially with these guys. Yes, right. I that's agree. that's going to benefit the most, and the getting them to actually the whole goal. I would I would assume for me would be getting them to feel more positive about reading in English. Mm-hmm. Because if they're going to be reading, they're going to get some input, and hopefully there is that incidental learning that will occur, and that they will start being exposed to more kinds of English vocabulary, English sentence structures, paragraphs, that they'll be able to get an idea. Um, this is kind of one of those situations where I think a good reading textbook in low, you know, for low-level learners is really helpful because it's easy to tweak the textbook into a writing textbook. Keep going with that. Tell me more. Yeah, we, we, I think, you remember, we used, which one? We used Reading Power. I forget who wrote that. I, and did, I know who it is. I just, <laughs> it's... Uh, you have it there. Uh, yeah, it's, no, I, actually, I don't have it here, but it's, it's here somewhere. <laughs> right, and... Yeah, Reading uh, Power is a favorite of mine. It's a very, very good um, textbook for reading because it teaches students to, first off, it introduces the idea of main ideas and topics, and it breaks it down very well for beginning level students, uses um, very controlled vocabulary, and it works students through. Okay, this is, um, you know, what's the topic here? How would you bunch these ideas together? And then advances them here, identify the main idea. Um, or identify the topic sentence and then make the topic sentence based on this. You know, in a lot of ways, that's the best writing textbook I've ever seen. Hmm. I still, I like that, that it works students through, learn how to identify these things in a paragraph, and it teaches paragraph structure through reading, which then makes it a pretty easy jump to get students to produce similar sentences. You have a lot of models there. 
and um, you know, just change parts of it. But I, in 15 weeks, taking a low-level student to get them to do more than well, it's even hard to teach good paragraph writing in a semester. Yeah. So that's, that, that, that's I just bang, you know I just bang my head on the wall on this. Even with with the other classes that I've got there, um, you know, having two semesters to teach any level any level reading, or two semesters to teach any level writing. I can do that at the drop of a hat. I can just pick, you know, land in the classroom, and I, textbook, no textbook. I can just go. But right. this a combination of things in, in one semester with this low-level class is like, whoa. Yeah, I understand I'm, that. I'm, I'm, I'm a it, little bit yeah, it's triage. In, intimidated by this. Well, that's unusual for you. Yeah. Well, it's triage, right? This mm. is basically, it's an emergency situation. And mm. so you're going to make some calls. What's going to benefit the students the most over a 15-week period? And what, what can be taught most effectively and efficiently? What can you teach the best, reading or writing in 15 weeks? Yeah. That would be the question, right? Yeah. Well, obviously it would be, I don't know. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> obviously it'll be, I don't know. Yeah, it's not well, So much is just going to depend on how open the students are because you can't make the assumption that just because they're low level, they won't be motivated. Well, I anticipate a, a real mix of that too. The right. kids, especially freshmen, first semester, that's what, you know, they're going to be, you know, that, it's, that's my job. Yeah, that's to me to, to screw it up or to, to make it magic and, um, you know, turn them on to something and, and motivate them to do what none of their teachers before have been able to do. You take advantage of that, you know, that new university experience and turn it into something positive or poison the well. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I, that's kind of what I'm kind of a little bit spooked about. But a lot of games. Yeah. A yeah. lot of reading games. Yeah. Um, it seems to me jigsaw readings would be a good idea, you know? Uh, uh-huh. Simple jigsaw readings, you know, cut word cards and have them put the words together, kind of like that would be sentence practice. Yeah. We a talk, lot of yeah, games. We talk, la- yeah, last week we oh, – not last week. Last, uh, last month we talked a little bit about what we did in the past and things. Right. And, uh, one of the first university gigs I had was an evening Aiken class. And uh, again, you know, we said, you know, just keep throwing stuff at the wall until something sticks. Devised this whole um, poker game on based on vocabulary mm. from the Aiken text textbook that was uh, that was given to me to to use for the class. And um, oh, I had a hell of a time. And uh, they they uh, we used uh, it was it's kind of interesting. I used I assigned each week a certain number of vocabulary words. And uh, then I put them. It was a very small class. I think we had two, so I had two groups of about five students, and uh, had them. I had, I had the uh, words on uh, slips of paper, and they would you know pick uh, from a pile, and they whatever word they picked, they had to give the group the definition and use it in a sentence. But before they did, the rest of the group had to bet whether or not the student would be able to do it. He had show he, had, he or she had to show the word. And then everyone would pass it. Can he decky do decky not? <laughs> oh, do they do they see the word before the student sees the yeah. word? Well, they, they all see it at the same time. Oh, you see, I think it'd be really fun if like the student had to show the word to the other students, <laughs> and then, then the <laughs> other students bet. <laughs> That's a nice spin. That's a nice spin. And right, so, so I had my like, my bag of one yen coins, right? That I that I would brought okay. to class, and um, th- 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 you know, you talked about like you know, 
your your best years of teaching. These kids at the end of the, the semester, they bought me uh, a ceramic big, fairly big uh, piggy bank for your for one the, yen for coins. the one yen coins. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Right, obviously, right away, I think we're both going to default to the first day of games like that that will let you assess the students without them actually being assessed because that's it's really true i i you just you do an assessment test on the first class and you just lose your kids, right, yeah, yeah, you know, so if you can do that, so I would think the goal is going to be on that first day. You're running blind would be I would be spending a lot of time, I think, finding really good games, activities, group activities, and using the first one or two classes actually for tone setting, getting the you know, training them to work together and having positive experiences in the class. I think that's a really good idea. Right. And uh set the dynamic up so that being positive is the default. And if a student comes in, because you know, a lot of it's really easy, I think, to for us to talk about students with bad attitudes, but it's very strange, I realized, for someone like myself who's had positive learning experiences and think learning is really cool and fun and exciting, for somebody who spent most of their educational career just having negative learning experiences, the classroom has not been fun. So I would try to really get the class dynamic as much as possible into a real positive thing so that a student take feeling unmotivated or negative knows they're in a minority position. And that goes back to what we've talked about, the weird people, that study. Sure. Right. Sure. And yep. that the sense that, they, you know, you have to find some way to use that Japanese group dynamic to your advantage. And that's one way to do it. Mm -hmm. So also I think reception is easier usually for people because production shows where you're at. And some students might feel uncomfortable about their level, but a game situation mm -hmm. is not too bad and it's fun. And um, the other thing I think, Tony, you know, that I would do is I would go so simple on the first day that it builds their confidence. Uh -huh. So assume that they're low level, assume that you're working with a 500 vo level vocabulary, right? Mm. Let's say. And if the students, um, I'm thinking, okay, what happens if they look at you and kind of go, hey, dude, you know, we could handle more than this, then turn, then say, okay, you have to use the past tense of words, or you have to match the word with an adjective, for example, or if it's an adjective, you have to match it with the noun. And again, it goes back to that basic thing, which is, it's so much easier to modify an activity that is below student's ability than it is to modify an activity that is above student's ability. Sure, sure, always. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, so... I think a lot of games on the first day, don't you think? A lot of word games, like, and then maybe some word order games. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think yeah that that I think is a excellent um, approach. I mean, to make that turn that first day into um, something that one is confidence building, right? Uh, that and as you said, something that will set the tone and. Uh, to give the message of what the class is going to be and what the expectations are, um, and but the 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 thing that I struggle with is exactly how <laughs> low is this going to be and how possible is that going to be again without you know 
without teaching the class in Japanese and just, you know, for example, a game, being able to explain what to do for whatever, even the, you know, then, but you know, this, yeah. you know, this from textbooks, right? It's like the exercise is dead easy. The instructions are incomprehensible. Well, was, I think it, right, right, right. Uh, that's why if you can if you can, if you can read the instructions, then you don't need to do the exercise because you're, you're right, right, beyond right, the right. level of the exercise. Well, I I don't know how often I just open up a textbook and read the to the student. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> you expect look at your table of contents. The, 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 the students can't understand even how the table of contents <laughs> is laid out. So yeah, that's that's a funny one. But um, you, I think you just have to figure out what's the lowest reasonable ballpark figure for the student level. And I think I would just say you can't let them know you know Japanese. Yeah, that 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 was you my, can't. You that just my can't thought. Is you can't. You can't. Because once they know you know Japanese, that. It's just too easy for the student to default to Japanese and not struggle, uh, right, with using English. The other thing I was thinking about that's really key is that think about the amount of trepidation you have going into this class. And then what about that student who's sure. not been successful? Because obviously if you are been tracked into a low-level class, you haven't been successful. You might have been trying or not trying either. And if you've been trying, then you've got – probably some real feelings of being nervous and sure. issues with your confidence and you know how would you feel about yourself so i don't think i've ever taught a class that's ever had lower than you know basic receptive vocabulary of 500 words right have you i don't think so i have had some really low class i don't know that any of them were um, in total, I mean, the average or the the, the mean. I, I I don't think so. I've had some individual students, yes, but not right. in classes. Yeah. yeah, if you look at right the class as a whole, so you've. I think again, the the, the course is focused on vocabulary. Yeah, improvement. Yeah. I think that's the best return on investment you're going to get. That's the best added value you can achieve is by really improving their receptive and productive vocabulary yeah, yeah yeah and that would be a good metric for success i think don't you yeah yeah because that's certainly what they need i mean basic building blocks right right mm. yeah and even if they know the words even if they have those basic building blocks you can and if you've planned the course out if you shot too low then you're really saying that this is just a review and this is just built skill building, building upon what you know and giving you more strength in using what you know. And then move it more towards a, a fluency class. Yeah. Um, the point is that they might not have enough language for fluency activities. So you're really looking at a lot more focus on form in initially, but also re reorienting them or recalibrating them to believing that they have enough English that they can even communicate their basic ideas. Yeah, you said that earlier, and I think you know, building that yeah. into that first day, first day experience where they can get in there and like whatever it is that I have ask them to do, if they're they able to do it. If they're able to do it, that is mm, for me that would be uh, definition of a successful first day. Okay, so I want to go back then to where this actually took off from, which was talking about will you be able to 
explain how to play the game. Mm. If you can't explain how to play the game, you can have two choices there, right? You can simplify your explanation, you can come up with a good demonstration of it, or it means your game's too complicated and you need to simplify the game and then sequence the game so it has increasing levels of complexity and that the previous level helps students understand the next step. Yeah, and uh, just like for for maybe for less experienced teachers, just to underscore something you, 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 you said very quickly, a demonstration. Yeah, examples beat oh, definitions. Oh, jeez. Don't say? <laughs> it's, it, you, you can't overemphasize that enough. I mean, like, you know, for like people, you know, new, uh, less experienced teachers, newer teachers, examples, demonstration, all, jeez, <laughs> all the time, all the time. Right. You can, yeah, it just saves so much time <laughs> and they just, they get it so much faster. It's, it's, and it, for some reason, some teachers, myself included, um, that took a long time for me to learn. You know, I still catch myself giving a definition <laughs> when I should be doing an example, right? Smack yourself in the head. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Me too. Me too. Yeah. yeah, that's a definite head smacker, right? Just like, oh, damn it. <laughs> I did it again. But, you know, I just the idea that came to me, Tony, is that if you've got this low-level class then it seems to me that you should just get your iPhone out and make a simple video demonstrating something and that make sure the students have to see it before they come to class. Huh. Right? So it kind of, you know... Well, how do you, do, how do, you do that? <laughs> what? How do you get them to get them make to sure that they watch it? <laughs> yes. Ah, because then the class starts with a quiz. Just a quick quiz. What was on the video? What did I do first? What did I do second? What did I do third? And then they're ready to go with the game. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Again, it's a lot of prep work, I think. That's the yeah. thing, to make a, a low-level class really work. And it's it's amazing that if you're going to try to inspire your students and really kind of plug into their motivation and kind of help them be, you know, really use their motivation to learn, it's so much work. Yeah. It's so much work. And this is why... Teachers love teaching a more advanced class is because you can focus more on the ideas, but yeah, but you know, let me add that, that yeah. that's also a whole lot of work too. Sometimes, of course, it is. It's yeah. a different kind of work, but it's yeah, easier. very different. Really, really a different thing. Completely it's a very, different very thing. different thing. Which is why, which is why I'm struggling with this again now because I've done this before. I believe <laughs> my memory is going, but as we were talking before we started uh, recording. Uh, we get to a certain point, um, you, you and I both, is like with better and better schools for the most part, um, that uh, you I haven't done this for 20 years. Yeah, I see. And, uh, yeah, yeah, right. And uh, I'm used to the other, the complete other end of the spectrum where I'm teaching really high level kids. I mean, kids have graduated from. You know, you know, high schools in the in the United States and right. in England, and mm. to get you know to go back at the, to the other end of the spectrum, uh, yeah, it's got me a little spooked. I mean, I'm, I'm like we said starting from zero, right? Okay, so the thing that just came to mind on this, Tony, is that I realized that in in a more advanced classes, you can go in with less of a lesson plan less designed because you have more tools and mm -hmm. more options available to really be able to see how the class is going and then move it forward. 
in a more basic class, I think you're going to have to do a lot more scripting. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to have those first few weeks really scripted out. And I would think that at least initially you've got two classes scripted out already. Mm-hmm. The first two, and you're going to have to go back to that really sitting down and not going though. I think the tendency would be right to say, okay, what are the goals and objectives, right? What are the, how do I identify that learning has taken place, that there's understanding that the, right. And then you go to that assessment. Um, and this is Grant Wiggins' Understanding by Design, where he talks about set your goals and objectives, and then you create the assessment instrument, how you're going to know that learning took place, and then you design your activities, but you're not in that position. Right. You can't start from the end. Right. So do you think you want to do a theme-based class? Maybe to get your general structure of the class together is say, okay, we're going to talk about this or themes. That's one way to look at it, right? Yes. So, yeah, I could. I, that's a, that's a thought. Hadn't considered it. Yeah, that, because then it makes it easy to come up with the vocabulary. Sure. And the students who know the vocabulary will ace the quiz, and the students who don't will improve their vocabulary. And. That's another way to look. But you see, you can see where I'm going. I'm yeah. really beginning to think that there's nothing more valuable than improving lower level students or beginning students' vocabulary. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm picking that up, and I I think yeah, I something that I hadn't thought a lot about, but I'm right because I'm agreeing te- with you. I'm right, we, we're teaching students who um, have yeah, what, pretty good vocabulary. What are the odds that they don't know this word? Right. Well, it's not even that. <laughs> it's not even that. Right. We know that after a certain vocabulary level, we know from frequency of words coming up that it doesn't make sense to teach someone a word that they're only going to see once a year or twice a year. Right. Correct. What's the reason? What's the reason putting that? You know, giving a vocabulary test for that. Right. We know that at those more advanced levels, you're teaching understanding words from context, being able to break down the root part of the word, identifying prefixes and suffixes, you know, other kinds of strategies that help somebody understand things from context. So here you're saying, okay, if they're low-level students, there's a pretty good probability, a very high probability that they have low vocabulary, weak vocabulary levels. Sure. And you ask yourself, what's the easiest thing? For me to teach, well, it's the direct knowledge of one-to-one words, and this is one of those great things that's come out, especially you know from Paul Nation's research. And we're going to plug that we're going to be having an interview with Paul Nation that's going to be airing it for in our April episode. Right. But the idea that the return again, looking at this whole concept of return on investment, right? Yep. What's the best thing? What are you going to get the most bang for your? you know, yep, buck for yep. here. And what are they going to get the most bang for buck? And yep. it's going to be vocabulary because yep. you know yep. that right. it's worth it. It's worth it to say, you've got to know these 20 words for next week because that one-to-one memorization, right? The, the no, learning the word, um, you know, with Paul Nation's work and a lot of other people's work on frequency, vocabulary, et cetera. We know that it makes sense, for example, to learn by heart, by memory, the first 2,000 words, because they're, you're gonna, the student's going to be seeing them all the time. Right. You need These are things that they need. You're going to absolutely need this. There's no question, and you can't move to the next level without knowing these words. Right. But if you don't learn how to perfectly write a paragraph, that's not going to impede your progress in the next, second semester's class. But if I don't move your vocabulary level up, right. I haven't moved your reading level up, because you can't read without the vocabulary. Right. 
That seems to me, you know, where and you can't I even that, get to the point where you can like get it from context either, because you don't. Understand. You can read the you, words. You, you don't know half the words in the sentence, and so you don't understand the context. So I can get the well, Yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing. I think again, it's Paul Nation's work and um, Laufer's work, where they've looked at coverage and how much you know, how many words does a student need to know in a given text so that they can read it. And I think there's some studies. If you, for example, if you Let's say you give someone a text, and when we mean by coverage, we're talking about how what percentage of the words that are in a given text does a student know. And you think, well, 90% coverage, the student knows 90% of the words is really, really good. But what that means is that for every 10 words, the student has to look up one word. They're going to make it to two or three sentences before they just kind of go, this takes too much effort, it's not worth it. So I think you need very, very simple controlled vocabulary. Um, for vocabulary text so that students can read and they can read and understand everything. Um, build their confidence, make sure, and then look at all the different, how the numbers work, right? That, it, you know, for fluency reading, you need 98% coverage so that in a hundred word text that the student only doesn't know one or two words and they can basically skip the word and still understand what they're reading. Um, graded readers, Tony, that comes to mind a lot. Um, I yeah, think. and uh, I mean, I'm using graded readers now with uh, at that school with uh, the more um, higher level classes. I don't know. I'll need to look. I, I haven't looked at like the, the the basic level and see how difficult they get. Pre- there. They get pretty simple. Yeah, but the reason I'm just suggesting, I mean, they, they, um, you can look. They will control for 300 word vocabulary, okay. 500 okay. word. They, okay. they go low. They do go very okay. very basic level. Here's the thing, too. None of these students has ever read a book in English. Right. It'll be their first time. And even if it's a simple, thin book, they're going to actually have the experience of kind of going, I just read a book in English. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. That's going to be a confidence builder, too. But then you have to test them for the vocabulary. You have to do a vocabulary assessment so that you know where they at so they can pick the well, right with, books. Well, with bo- with books like that, well, I, you know, I can actually, instead of a textbook, I can actually, choose, which I did this time, I just used three graded readers for them to read in the right. in the course of the semester. I can do the same thing with this class, and it would not be, because the, the, they'll be so short, uh, it would not be difficult to preload them with the vocabulary before they actually had read the book. So construct a vocabulary list from the book. Wouldn't it be nice if this was all online? But um, <laughs> Actually, um, I think it kind of is. Yeah. There, um, there's some things that are out there. Um, someone I used to work with at a, a university, um, Paul, Paul, what's Paul's name? He does a thing called X-Reader. I'm, Paul, writing, I'm writing it down. It's called X Reader. Um, Paul, I, oh God, why can't I remember Paul's name? I, I know Paul, right? Not Paul um, from Kyoto. Not, I don't think he's from Kyoto. No, Paul okay. lives in um, um, Osaka, I believe. And he's come up with this whole system. And I think it's X Reader. I should know this better. Um because I talked with him about it. I'm just, if you hear my keyboard going, I'm just looking at it right now. Um, I think it's X-Reader. I'll find out and then we can put it on the website. But yeah. what it does, it, it allows, it puts, it has all the graded readers online. He's set up the software system and it costs um, 
so the students would have to pay for it, mm -hmm. but instead of a textbook. Mm -hmm. But it has all the graded readers on, and you, the teacher can monitor what the students have done, how much work they do. It includes the questions. There are comprehensive questions. I think there's vocabulary work, work on it. It seems like a. have looked at it just very quickly. It looks like a really good system. Hmm. So that might be something to look for. Hmm. Yeah, well, that that does something. And then you talk about we, you know, in the past we've talked about things about online education things, and here's like what we're you know, just talking about something completely unrelated. Um, a real need. Paul Goldberg, by the way. Okay. Paul Goldberg. Paul Goldberg. Okay. So, uh, what a what a real need for this, and what a what a enhancement this would be. I mean, how how cool would it be to be able to have access to this kind of thing to, you know, have a a string of text and have it like put out a vocabulary list or create a mm. vocabulary test based on um, uh, input of text and and stuff. Well, you so, can't do that, Tony. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, right? I mean, but not. Yeah, we, we yeah we can we can do it, but it's not I mean, like a thing. It's not like you know the 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 application like bang open it's not it up. Like like, one, it's not like one click or tap. it's not a one step process. Yeah, we we can we can do all that because oh you and I can do it, but. Um, but the great thing is, though, that those tools are available. I mean, right? Uh, oh no, absolutely. profiles online. So the sure. best part of it is that you put that text in, and it will output the K. You know, first one thousand most frequent sure, words. Sure, right? sure, sure. And you just have to give that to your students and just say, "Hey, I think it's again." It's um, Paul Mera who did a lot of vocabulary work out of Swansea University. Um, he did the yes/no test. For vocabulary, where students just say, I know this word, I don't know this word. And mm -hmm. it seems to have a very good correlation for word knowledge. So just have students go through and say, I know this word, I don't know this word, I know this word, I know this word. And you turn to them and you say, okay, you got to know the words on the list that you don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so students are finding out which words they don't know. Again, it's an easy, quick hit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing I would emphasize, Tony. I think you're going to just have to get that toolbox of quick hit activities that are simple to understand and are basic. And you're going to, again, I'd have to go digging back through all, you know, from long time ago. But I think you're going to have to, I think actually, okay, you know what I'm thinking now after we've talked about all this, I would probably be most of my prep time for a class and I'm flying blind, going back to zero, as you put it, would be um, building the toolbox. Mm-hmm. Of just lots of activities, simple activities and games so I can pull out, you know, during the semester, okay, put this one up, put this one up, put this one up, print out this one, um, and be able then to adapt real easily week to week without having to dig each week once the semester starts and I'm teaching other classes. Yeah. I think that's what you're going to have to do. Yep. Because I, when, I, when I, actually, when I got this... Um the, the the gig at this particular school where I'm already teaching three classes of reading writing but again higher levels that's basically exactly what I did four or five years ago when I when I started there it's like yeah and it did exactly that and this means going back and doing that again for this whole other level mm. and it yeah it, it was when I saw that <laughs> level down there like that sinking feeling is like oh I kind of in the back of my mind, knew that, and I was hoping it wasn't true. But listening to you, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, well, and yeah, and it's, it, yeah, it's a, it's what it is, and that's 
also where, you know, these kinds of challenges where the reward is also, right? Um, Yeah, it's really fun and rewarding teaching my um, geniuses <laughs> at, well, the, at the other school, but this can also, if you do it right, can you're going to be able recording. to see. So you're going to be able to see progress. Yeah, but here's the thing. I was just thinking of Tony. Is like, I was, yeah, we both know that, right? Because that's when we worked together at that one school. We were really oh, able man. to see the progress, right? Oh, what a man. feeling! Oh man, right? We kicked ass. It was really good. It was really good. We had. Oh. <laughs> we did. We did good. We did good. <laughs> However, <laughs> not appreciated. No. Not appreciated well, at all. But you, you, let's you, not go there. Yeah, let's yeah, yeah. Exter- external validation so, you're I, not going to get. Right. That, that, wanna, that's, we're in the wrong back. profession for that. Right. And I want to go back to this again, which is I was thinking that if you – once the semester starts and you've got your other classes – you don't have time to start digging and looking right. for activities, right? Because right. what happens is you'll only look for about 10 or 15 minutes and say, God, I'm, this is not the most productive use of my time. Right. So I think that if you've got all that, if you are you know, spending a lot of time during the break, and not as if you've got anything else to do, but <laughs> if, you're, if you've got those, if, you, if you've got easy access to, let's say, act, you know, a variety of activities to cover 15 weeks that are basic activities. Mm-hmm. And those should range from simple vocabulary exercise reading. I'm also thinking some simple logic puzzles might be really good. Yeah, it's 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 the. the but you have to have them. Sorry, you oh. have to already have them on your machine, right? So right. that during the you week, the as you're adapting, you're just pulling things out and going, "Okay, this one's going to work. This one's going to work. I got it. Okay, I I can see my lesson now." But if you don't have those and the semester's already started, I think you're going to get frustrated and it's not going to be as easy. And in this situation, the less easy it is, the less happy you'll be and the class won't work as well. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, For once. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be the last time, too. It's always easy when it's somebody else, right? You know, it really is. <laughs> I, was, you know, I was thinking about this I, because I get to observe my students teaching. I've talked about this before, right? And I was, I, I was looking in, in my journal the other day, and there's a thing that says, why is it so easy to know how to teach when you're watching somebody else? <laughs> right? Yeah, but that's the whole yeah. point. It's like last week, or not last week, but our last episode where mm-hmm. I was really questioning that whole thing about, you know, have I gotten better? And I couldn't have done that without your help. Mm. I, I need somebody else. So I think in this situation, you know all the things we've talked about. It's just lurking somewhere, but it just helps to engage with somebody else and confirm some things and answer some questions. Yeah, you're right. And um, I'm not, you know, you know me, I'm not a real big fan of collaboration and working together, but. Um, yeah, Tony, I cannot... appreciate that with all the years we've been doing this <laughs> podcast. Thank you. But I cannot say that this last hour has not been extremely helpful to me. Um, and I, ho- I hope for the people who are listening too. But um, no, incredibly valuable to get the, the feedback and that a different, you know, slightly different perspective. And yeah, and confirmation and, and pulling things out that I have forgotten, right? That right. I knew at some point and weren't, was not able to retrieve. And it's some, you know, embarrassingly simple things, which I'm not going to admit to. But um very happy to uh, be able to hear. It's like, yeah, I feel actually much better about the class than I did an hour ago. Okay. And to tie it in together with 
the last episode of Are We Better Teachers, right? Mm. I think the real big difference now is I have no problem saying I don't know what to do. Mm. I have no problem admitting that I need help. Mm. That, I think, is also a big change because there was a period of time where I, I think if I were in your shoes, I wouldn't talk to anybody because I thought being a new teacher and admitting that I don't know what to do indicates my inexperience and would lead to me being disrespected or less respected. Oh, sure, that illusion that everybody else knows what they're doing. <laughs> Well, I think you sent me an article from The Atlantic where the, the person talks about the fact that everybody who talks about their classes has like all this incredible learning going on and they have the greatest classes and their activities are excellent. But nobody ever writes and says, you know what, I taught a really crappy class yesterday. Yeah. Nobody comes in. And that was great about um, where we work together, remember, because people come in and go, hey, yeah, yeah, didn't do well today. And then everybody would work together. Isn't that interesting that I think the, one of the best experiences we both have had was at a lower level of university? Yeah. But it just shows what happens when you get a good crew of people together who really want to work together. Well, we, we've talked about that, too. We talked when we did about the hiring and the interviewing right. process and, stuff and the importance. It's like, you know, you really, that is the key. You got to hire the right people. Yeah. Um, and then it just all falls into place. Um, yeah. You know, people that can work together, people who know how to work with the students. And it doesn't matter where they've gone to school or what they've done or what they've written. Um, it, it's it's all personal. And, right. Uh, it has nothing to do with your publications. When you're hiring some, <laughs> please, every anyone who's an administrator out there or a hiring person, when you're hiring somebody to teach in the classroom, ask yourself, is it really important that they have a lot of publications? Doesn't it, wouldn't it make more sense to look at their, like, lesson plans or syllabi? <laughs> Or talk to their students. Talk, talk to the students. Say what, you know, or look at a, a you know, ask them to say, hey, here, we need you to teach this class next semester. Um, you give the level, give, you know, how many weeks, give some general objectives. Say, hey, can you put together a syllabus so that we can see what you would teach? That's a much better indicator of what the person's able to do in the class than what they've published. But well, we're, remember, we're, we're, you're not hiring a researcher. We want to Part-time good. teachers are not researchers, are they? I'm holding myself back here. We don't go on this road because <laughs> there's so much to say about this. Maybe it's our next episode. Right? Um, but well, we, we've done it. We've done it. You know, yeah, not... the, the, the kind of things that you're asking them to judge, but they don't, Okay. they can't see it. They don't know. Right. They can't tell the difference. Well, at least in your situation, you're getting a lot of freedom so that the yeah. percentage of reading versus writing, yes. um, that's at least in the sense that, you know, I do have problems with this, no objectives, no goals, no understanding of the curriculum. But on the other hand, you're in this situation where at least it's going to allow you to create something and then adapt it, and have a lot of freedom. So It works for me. It really yes. works for me because that this is how I do best. This is... This is when I. This is what I do, and yes, I know that. I totally. like <laughs> get the I, hell out of my way. <laughs> I know from experience. I know from experience that the best thing to do is to say to some people, and this is again when we work together it was great because you could just say, okay, here are the goals, here are the objectives, and here are some some things we want you to cover, mainly vocabulary. Right now, how you get the students to that point? That's why we have hired you. Right, is for that expertise. So at least you're going to be able to use your expertise, and I think it's it's going to be interesting to talk with you over the semester to see how that class goes. Yeah, and we'll and we'll we'll share at the end. Huh? <laughs> you know, so so good thing. Story so of success or failure. August, watch the, for it in August. Yeah, yeah. Watch for that episode in August, which is the review, because that's going to be that's actually it's an interesting thing. Yeah, yeah. It's Live, I think you need experiment. to really take good notes. You know, keep a good journal on that. 
In my free time. Yeah, right. right. Which, of course, you have too much of, like all of us. Okay, I think we've covered it pretty well, Tony, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you sound you feel a little stuff. better? Oh, yeah, I feel better. I feel a lot better. Okay. And uh, hopefully, I, I, I hope that, yeah, there's some somebody out there who's kind of in the same situation. And, you know, the process, uh, I think also really interesting and, in, you know, throwing the ideas together and, analyzing different angles and things it's i i i really hope i hope i uh, hope it helps somebody yeah and i would just suggest again that you know try to talk to another teacher mm. it's oh i'm always amazed at how different how differently all the different teachers i know teach the same class ah, isn't that true isn't that you know, true? i'm just and always amazed like well, i would never have thought of that i didn't you, think of that and you, you learn so much in your class Whoa. and you learn so much you learn so much if it's a yes. short short conversation just little things like huh why don't yeah. why why didn't i ever think of that right yeah. I've, I've stopped asking myself <laughs> i've decided i have a small brain <laughs> okay and so tony what do we have coming up in the next month uh, well, we've got a uh, interview with uh, Chris Cotter of uh, Heads Up English, who is um, actually he's a homie. He's, he's from Chicago, I think, originally, and um, was living in Nishinomi. Now he's up in Tokyo, Yokohama, I think. Okay, really? Yeah, yeah. And what does Chris do? Um, he well, he's a teacher. He's uh, teaching at a private school of some kind, not a not a not a high school, not a university, um, but he has a um website basically just he's kind of doing what you do and I do and we be like making all these materials and web pages for our students and things but he's kind of like shifted off also into a commercial venture um mm. and he's not making a living off of it um but um he's making I get I think he's, ma- he's, he's trying to go money. down that road he's making money <laughs> yeah and uh yeah and kind of different kind of things and he's got a newsletter and he's got like all kinds of downloadables uh, on his webpage and things. So um, we talk about how he got to that point and things like that. So that's uh, coming up. Um, and then we've got uh, your interview with Paul Nation coming up in April. Right. April 1st. And that leaves our March mm. episode, which we haven't quite decided yet. But usually March, we're talking about the upcoming semester. Yeah, or- either the, the, the year that just ended or the one that's coming up or some combination thereof. Or some questions <laughs> or doubts that have arisen. So- and we're on break at the time and uh, have a chance to actually think. that. Not that it, it improves anything. I don't think it's helped <laughs> at all. But, uh, you know, in different locations, I'll, I'll probably be in Chicago when we record. And, you usually um, are during that period. Yeah, I, yeah. I, always, I remember because we get into these weird... Uh, Pod um, times for recording. time frames, yeah. So uh, and I should be in the states, I think. In oh, cool. March. So Good. yeah, first time in a while. So maybe we'll only be two hours difference since I'll be on the mm. west coast. Okay. So I think we have some hopefully interesting things for the audience. Yeah. Th- thanks, thanks for your help, bud. Yeah, my pleasure. Mm. So you know, feels again. It's like oh, I feel like I know something. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll put some links up for the vocabulary. Um, for example, Paul Nation's vocabulary profile and some other things to allow. That'd be cool. That'd be nice. Right. Yeah. Because, again, when you're teaching those basic classes, that's really important. Okay. So I'm Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. And we are? Two. Teachers. Talking. At? <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> we at, seem to be everywhere and at nowhere whatever. at the same time. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, to, 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 and uh, iTunes, Two Teachers Talking, and uh, Skype, too. Right. 
Yeah, everybody wants that. Yeah. All right. So, Tony, I guess we're getting close to the time the semester's ending. It's the new year, and uh, it needs tests and grading, and so I guess it's time to get back to work. That's right. Okay, you be well. All right, you too. And happy new year. And thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Bye now.